Welcome to the Cone Zone. That's the iconic Lowell Cone to my side. I'm Grant Cone, and the title of the show is, well, today we're going to go positive. We want to give the Niners lots of praise and say the things we like about them because maybe we don't tell them enough how much we like them. So we're going to give them advice. We're going to tell them how they can get their roster better, how they can improve their organization, how can they, how they can improve the uh, dynamic between the coach and the players. But first, we got to go heavy praise, Dad. Good to see you. You look great. Just Thank to start you. off you on the theme too. of praise. And you could hear me okay? I hear you great. You sound terrific. Okay. You look great. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start off with one thing I like about the 49ers. Their seasons and especially the last one we just had, are really exciting. Yeah. They, every week, they produce a phenomenal story. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, from the point of view of a former journalist, my God, would I, I would love to have written about them <coughs> this season, Iggy. I yeah. mean, they, three different quarterbacks, and the third one turns out to be the best. Yeah. What a story. Yeah. The fact how they started so slow, mm-hmm. and you and you're thinking, ah, nah, nah, they, got, they got a problem. Maybe the coach. Well, they still might have a problem with the coach. But then they win all those games in a row, and now you think, oh boy, they're the team to beat. And then that really sad, dramatic ending. <laughs> so Iggy, what I would say is, I don't know that there's a, a team in the league that I would prefer to cover as a journalist in the 49ers, because there's always something cooking. They're the most interesting team in American sports. Because, and agree. I'll say, like, as soon as they become champions, they become less interesting. Although the goal is to, become, is to become champions, not interesting. But the Warriors are four-time champions. They're not nearly as interesting as the 49ers. No. The Chiefs aren't nearly as interesting as the 49ers. What makes the Niners so dramatic and interesting is the fact that they're right on the precipice of getting the Super Bowl and they haven't gotten it. And so the conversation with them is, what is this one thing that they could possibly change to get over the hump? It's just one thing. And the Niners, at least for the last four years, have been kind of staunch in saying they don't need to change anything. They're there. They're already in the promised land. Like, no, you're a quarter mile away. You just have to, you just have to go a quarter mile. So that's a fun conversation to have every year. How can they get it, there? But in addition, I agree with it. How can, the overriding question, of course, is how can they get there? Yeah. But in addition, week by week, the story yes. the yes. story changes every week right. so if i were a columnist writing about it i wouldn't write about anything else but them i wouldn't write about the warriors while no. the, the niners were i wouldn't write about the giants no no one writes about the a's so i i i just every week there's like a new phenomenal chapter in a great novel i love and it's it. like agree and they're a relevant team they're a contender they're a great roster but they still don't have the quarterback position settled so it's like that's the most dramatic thing what are they going to do a quarterback that's always fun to talk about and we're not talking about a a crappy team we're talking about the best team so this is a very high stakes question what are they going to do a quarterback (laughs) it's fun and they could have they could could have a freaking competition this year it'd be a lot of fun i love it so what we're saying is not only were they great to cover this last season I'm already looking forward to next season. I think, I mean, for example, can they get off to a reasonably good start and win a few games at the beginning? I mean, right away, there's a question, right? Yes. Yes. And who's the quarterback? And is the quarterback well enough? And can the quarterback bring them to whatever the Mm -hmm. next level is? Iggy, this is, it's it's a a thriller. If this were a novel, it's a thriller. And it's every chapter is a thriller. I just yes. love them. So I, yeah, that's absolutely. My, that's okay. my thing. One thing I love about the Niners, they're a thriller. Right. So we, we appreciate them from just sheer entertainment and because we're covering the team. It was no other team you'd rather cover. But let's talk about them from like a football enthusiast perspective. I really admire their ability to draft and develop late round picks that people have no expectations for. And the way I kind of in- interpret the Niners is Kyle Shanahan's the king of the castle there. And he gets to pick whoever he wants. And I think sometimes early in the draft, he gets his mind made up. I want this guy, I want that guy, make it happen. And sometimes those are the picks that aren't so great. Like maybe Ty Davis Price this last year, the running back. So I think I kind of get the feeling in the Niners organization, there's a lot of good people who know what they're doing. And they're like, look, we're only going to get so many swings at this. We got to make this count. We're only going to get fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks. We got to make this count. And often the picks that they make in those rounds are better than the guys they take in the 
in the beginning. So whatever, anytime the Niners have a bust, it's, it's like, it's okay. Because they have some other guy you never heard of on the practice squad who's better and really good. I really admire. And that speaks to not just the good scouts and the good uh, people that don't get any love in the front office, but the position coaches too. They have really good position coaches. Name some of the players they've gotten in late rounds who are good. Well, Talanoa Hafunga is an all-pro safety. He was a fifth-round pick. Um, Diamador Lenore was starting. He was a fifth-round pick in the same draft. Jordan Mason was undrafted. Elijah Mitchell was a sixth-round pick. Jeez. Uh, um, George Kittle was a George Kittle was a fifth-round pick. Brock Purdy was a seventh-round pick. Fred Warner was a third-round pick. I mean, if Dre Greenlaw was a fifth-round pick, I, they really are very good at it. Yeah. Very good. And it's not... I really admire that. All right. What else do we like about the Niners? I would drill down a little bit on that and sure. say not only late round picks, but they always seem to have good running backs. Yeah. And they need him because they go through them, but they always seem like there's another one there. There's always... Yeah. A, who the hell is Jordan Mason? Oh, it doesn't matter. He's really good. He's yeah. better on the Niners than he was in college. In college, he went to Georgia Tech. And I think he lost his starting job. There was another guy there. He was always kind of fighting for playing time now. He's like averaging six yards of carry in the NFL. It's like, good job, Georgia Tech. <laughs> yeah, what I, and I'm saying is it's an endless supply yeah. of, of course they need them, but it's an endless supply of um, running backs. And sometimes you don't even know where they get them from. But there's right. somebody over there that can really spot a running back, somebody over there who can really coach a running back, and their zone scheme is very uh, friendly to certain kinds of running backs. And it was the same with Mike Shanahan. Yeah, and what's interesting about that is, and Shanahan kind of pointed this out for the whole league, is running back is a very important position, obviously. It touches the ball more than anyone else other than the quarterback. Um, but you can get, you can find them. They're kind of a diamond. You can get them late. You can get really good running backs who will be the engine of your offense in the sixth round. And Mike Shanahan's been doing it. Kyle Shanahan's been doing it. That's why when they make these big, when, when, when they traded for Christian McCaffrey, for example, me and you were like, really? I mean, yeah, he's good, but you can find good running backs. You do it every year. But he was really good, Christian McCaffrey. Well, I, I would say I was skeptical at first when they got Christian McCaffrey. He's another, a step beyond. Um, oh, yeah. My, my feeling about him is if you run him up the middle, and someone can get a hand on him, you can knock him down because he's small. But give him a bit of an opening, and Iggy, he's a genius. Uh, and yeah. it's so much fun to watch him make, make people miss. Uh, I'm so glad they got him. I haven't enjoyed, just let me finish this, I haven't enjoyed a player like him since Debo Samuel was really good. And also with McCaffrey, I feel like what makes, it gives him his value is that he's a receiver. He's like a wide receiver. You know, he, he, he's a good running back, absolutely. But the value in the NFL, you can find good running backs. You can get guys who run the ball in the sixth round. You can't find receivers like that out of the backfield in the sixth round. That's really hard. And it makes him extremely valuable in a passing league. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I give him all the credit in the world for getting that guy. And you know what, Iggy? He strikes me as a serious person. I've never mm -hmm. met him. A serious person, a pro's pro. Absolutely. Like and I mean, Fred Warner. Fred Warner mm -hmm. is a pro's pro. Yes, I think he's absolutely. a pro's pro. Yeah, I would agree. Nick Bosa is a pro's pro. Oh, God, yes. Nick yeah. Bosa is a pro's pro. Yeah. He is, right? It's an interesting concept. I like that. I wouldn't necessarily say that about Debo. Okay, I'll name some other pro's pros. Jimmy Ward. Yep. Yep. Use check. Use check. Yep. Always in perfect shape. Yep. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't go there with Kittle. He's he's. I could be wrong. He strikes me as very into himself, and he's one of these performers at the head of the parade. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. of a, yeah. He's a look at me guy, big time. Trent Trent Williams is a pros pro, except he may only be playing for himself. That's the ultimate yeah rub with him. So maybe not him. Yeah. But Bosa, God, yes. Yeah. Jimmy Ward, God, yes. And, yeah. you know, maybe Greenlaw. He did the stupid thing in that game, but maybe Greenlaw, too. You would know better about Greenlaw than I would. Yeah, I mean, he gets, you know, unnecessary roughness penalties, but that doesn't mean he's not a pro. It just means he, he's violent. 
yeah. you know, he, he's supposed to walk that line. It's a tough one. Anything else we like about the 49ers? I, I, I think there's more. I, how about their ability to churn out coaches? Oh, God. I mean, wow. Yeah. Well, first, Iggy, their ability to attract coaches and to yeah. spot coaches. Yeah. I would say, in my humble opinion, Kyle Shanahan is better at spotting coach talent than player talent. There's no question. You agree. It's like he can't miss with coaches. He, he can get guys who are good, who have experience, who have no experience. I mean, he can really spot it. Yeah, yeah. And Offense, defense, does, whatever. Sorry. Yes, and he, he doesn't seem to be threatened by uh, uh, coaches with more experience. Anthony Lynn. Steve former Wilkes. head coach. Wilkes. Steve Wilkes. Um, again, uh, I, my example is Mark Jackson. He was always threatened by any coach's wet ability. And that was one among his many uh, sins as a head coach. Kyle wants, like Bill Walsh, wants the best. He wants the best and he gets the best. And you know, Iggy, that may be the thing I admire most uh, about him. Yeah, and let's let's go a step further. I mean, the NFL has had an issue getting hiring black coaches for a long yeah. time. They've been trying to fix it, but for whatever reason, owners just haven't been going for black coaches very much. They they try to do the Rooney Rule. There's all these things. Kyle Shanahan is responsible for more minority coaches than anyone. I mean, Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryan's, technically Mike McDaniel too. So he just put three out there in the last three years. So good for Kyle. And now he's got Anthony Lynn waiting. He's got Steve Wilkes uh, on deck. He's committed to really giving minority coaches opportunities that's a great thing i mean who else has done that yeah so in in many ways kyle shanahan is exemplary he's able to spot coaching talent he doesn't seem to be threatened by it and he's very open to minority coaches all of those things i, I want to applaud him bravo bravo I can keep going. I, I do appreciate the culture that John Lynch has built and Kyle Shanahan compared to what Trent Baalke was doing. Like that Trent Baalke culture, guys were getting arrested all the time. He was the voice of the team and he couldn't really speak. It was a very clumsy, rinky-dink, um, morally flabby culture, I felt. And now with John Lynch there, you, the players don't get, I mean, there was Charles and Menahue, but for the most part, the players don't get in trouble and they're very gracious with their time with the media and they seem like a like they really like each other and they're down. I don't know. I just it, I kind of like the team. You like the guys, right? I like the team. I like the guys. Most of them. Yeah. And again, I don't know John Lynch anymore. I knew him as a young man. Um I, I think he seems like an exemplary person. Uh I don't know how much power he has. I'm not there, but boy is he a good of uh, face of a franchise. Yeah, I think players trust him, and they think they feel like he's a man of his word. I, th I don't know how they felt about Trent Baalke. I think he—I don't know about that. And I think Trent Baalke also kind of created this us-against-them mentality against the media. John Lynch doesn't do that. He's, he was media. He gets it. And he I think him and Kyle sort of tell most of the players, look, work with the media, because so many of the good players do. Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, there's not this like paranoia that existed in the previous organization. Outwardly. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that Trent Baalke is a bad guy. I mean, I got re along with him reasonably well. But, I mean, as the face of a franchise of the 49ers, yeah. he, was not, uh, of the, he was not of the caliber that you would expect someone to be leading the 49ers. Someone leading the 49ers, you're thinking of uh, Bill Walsh, Carmen Policy? John right? Lynch. John Lynch. John Lynch, John McVay. I yeah. mean, uh, uh, Balky uh, was not at that level. And I'll tell you what, I'm not sure that Jed is at that level, but at least Agreed. he keeps his mouth shut for the most part now. <laughs> That's he been the best adjustment. His, yeah, he learned to keep his mouth shut. Because yeah. I'm not sure that he has the brains or the sophistication of John Lynch. John Lynch is a perfect voice of the team, face of the team, and I think he's more than that. And if he ever leaves the team to go back to uh, announcing – which I'm sure would pay him double what he's making now, that'll be a loss for the team. That would be a loss. Yeah. John Lynch. I don't, I don't think John Lynch, money is an issue with John Lynch. It's a good point. I think he comes a good from a rich family. So yeah. well, he's in it for the, for the competition. He wants, to, yeah. he wants yeah. to follow through. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? Any more praise we want to give before we move on? Because we're, we're not trying to, we're not, we don't want to hold back. <laughs> okay. There's so uh, much we I like. 
So it is so much we like. Hold on. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I, I think I'm praised out. Yeah. The jerseys? They got nice jerseys. The name, the 49ers, it's a good name. It's regionally oh. specific. Hold on. 49ers, when you talk about great names of sports franchises, okay? Yeah. 49ers could be the best name in sports. Why? Regional, regionally specific, historically specific. Yes. It, it's a year of the gold rush. Yes. Um, it's, That's right. It's whimsical. Yeah. It's, it's a number. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, the 76ers are way late. They came late. Yeah. That's true. But believe me, they, they've yeah. copied what the Niners did. Oh, oh I think. Okay. 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 Yeah. Because okay. you don't know yeah. that. The 76ers. Yeah. No, it because it was the Warriors, right? It was the Warriors. The Warriors. Yeah. Right. Of and course. Of course. Yeah. Right. So, no, the 49ers. It, there are other great names, by the way. The Dodgers is a great name. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, the Giants is a good name. The Dodgers is a great name. The yeah, Giants is okay. It's okay. It's not that I, imaginative. Yeah. Yankees is a great name. Yeah, it is a great name. 49 you you're right. I'll t- you're right. I'll tell you something like horseshit names. <laughs> okay. Cowboys. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys. I mean, Cowboys. Cowboys, right? Nice. Yeah. Obvious. Yeah. 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 Freaking obvious. Um, yeah. Also, the Texans. That's the most, that's, that's the best you could do for Houston. The Texans. Are you kidding? Yeah. It's like yeah. saying the Californians. It's pretty weak. It's weak. Yeah. It's pretty weak. Also, also, what about what about the Jets Mets stupid Nets thing going Jets, on in New York? Net, Nets, I know. what is that? The Nets? Whoa! Watch out for the Nets! Here they come! <laughs> yeah. They're gonna yeah. trap us! Yeah. No, those okay. are, those are the crummy names. Manny Fresh says after watching the Super Bowl, they need to spend on the offensive line. Get that locker room to support whatever quarterback is going to start. Yeah, I would agree, agree with that. We're gonna talk about that a little bit more in a in a, in a minute. Talk. Obi Wan uh, Obi One Forty Nine says. How much does the glorious legacy of the team play a role in making them interesting? I feel national media doesn't give them their due credit like the Pats, uh, Cowboys get thoughts. You both are awesome. Yeah, I think that is part of what makes the Niners so interesting is that they have this great past that they're trying to live up to. That they're holding on to for dear life and unable to live up to. That's right. They're living on past glory. Yeah. Uh, Am I being too blunt? They are. They are. They're living on past glory. Uh, yeah. Thank God, and they're tr- always trying to uh, to reach that level and can't. And they're always talking about number six, uh-huh. number six. Quest for six, quest for six, quest for six, quest for six. Quest for six. and I have talked about this. They yeah. had nothing to do with the first five. This bunch, no. Quest for six. How about goes. one? How about one? Yeah, quest, quest for six. For one. All, all it is is a, is a hollow marketing slogan. Yeah, one. quest for get six. One. Yeah, get one. Hold the phone. Hero Winchester says the legend says that one day King Arthur will return to save his people. Brock will return. Also, any thoughts on spending on a decent DB or Rogers? Um, not Rogers. No, you don't want that sour pickle. Did you not Rogers? You don't want that sour pickle in the uh, passes prime. Spending on a decent DB? Sure. Um, yeah. Why not? Decent DB would be good. But I think offensive line comes first. Let's, in fact, let's talk about that. Dad, let's rank the 49ers' biggest offseason needs in ascending order. In ascending order. Ascending order. Starting with number three. Okay. Hold on. You got, I had it the other way. Hold on. Okay, you start with number three. I had it from the top down. You, you start with number. Okay. Number three, the defensive line. The Niners have a great DN, but not a great D-line. Uh, Eric Armstead is a good run defender, gets paid a lot of money, didn't have any sacks last year. Javon Kinlaw still on the team, first-round pick, hasn't made an impact yet. And then after that, I got a bunch of free agents. So they need to get another impact player on the defensive line. And I don't know if they can sign the guy in free agency because they're already paying Eric Armstead and Bosa. So if if it's in the draft, they gotta find they gotta find a way, and they can do this. This is the team that finds guys in round five every freaking year, so they can do it. But they gotta do it. D-line. Iggy, I want to come back to Armstead because I thought you said that he had no sacks this last season. Yeah. Did you say he that had a, he had a sack in the in the playoffs, but he had zero sacks in the regular season? 
and he makes $25 million a year. Iggy, is no sacks in the regular season impressive? It's not what you want. And he does but other things if, well. But sacking, sacking the quarterback's always nice. Remember he had that one play where he could have sacked the quarterback and he was in the end zone and it would have been a safety, but he let him go? Yeah, and he had a reason for it. Yeah, he it was unclear in the rules. Maybe he had joined the pacifist group and he didn't want to hurt anybody. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, next question, please. Okay, the next biggest need. We agree on, on defensive line. Okay, so the, uh, uh, I'm going to do would the you next. Get? Okay, go ahead. Second biggest need is an offensive line. I would say it is. I would say it is. And what's interesting about this is the Niners have always prioritized D-line over O-line. Like, if you go and look at their... They have a whole... Parag has a plan for how he wants to spend money. And you look every year, the Niners will spend about 20% of their salary cap on D-line and about 15% on their offensive line. To me, that's backwards. They should be spending more on offensive line. They have a problem keeping quarterbacks healthy, and that's part of the reason. And offense is more important than defense in today's NFL. It just is. So they should really spend a lot more on their offensive line. Just having Trent Williams isn't enough. Iggy, I would say that if you don't have a really good offensive line, you're not a serious team. I agree with you. And the Niners don't have a really good offensive line. They have a really good left tackle and a really good offensive line coach and a bunch of guys. That's it. That's what they got. So if they let... McGlinchey leave and replace them with Jalen Moore or Colton McKivitz, they're not a serious team, no matter how many good running backs they have. But they wouldn't be serious by keeping McGlinchey. No, absolutely not. You're saying they need somebody good. Better, better in the draft and free agency and a center. I mean, they should be spent, they're spending about $34 million right now on their offensive line. And 28 goes to Trent Williams. They should be spending $55 million on their offensive line, $60 million on their offensive line. You're not spending on quarterback. What else are you spending on? Nothing is more important than offensive line, really. Uh, those are the two most important positions, O-line and quarterback. It's a quarterback-driven league. The other, the, One protects a quarterback. One is a quarterback. That's it. That's what you want. But the Niners spend on other things. So. so why don't you say what their biggest need is? You do. Quarterback. Yeah. Quarterback. Yeah. And that's not because I think – Trey Lance is a bust, or Brock Purdy is a fraud. It's just the Niners can't keep quarterbacks healthy, and they have to have as many bodies as possible. They still tell themselves that they lost because they ran out of quarterbacks. Well, then don't run out of quarterbacks next year. Get as many as possible, and they all have to be better than Josh Johnson. And listen, it's not only that. It's the two they have who are contending. No one knows how good they are. 12 career starts combined, both coming off injuries. Yeah, who knows? Both coming off serious injuries, so no one knows how good they are. I think it's it's a, a, a very strange situation when you go into this next season. This is our window. This is our window. Oh, who's your quarterback? How good is your quarterback? And you can't answer that. Right. Boy, that's pretty serious. I mean, that's really serious. And I'm going to remind. I've said this before. Bill Walsh always said to me, Lowell. The quarterback defines the limit of my offense. Well, right now, they have no idea what that limit is. I can tell you, Patrick Mahomes has a pretty high limit. Higher than these guys. Probably the highest limit in the league, you know? Right. Maybe Josh Allen is close. but he And I don't think the Niners are anywhere near that in terms of limit. Plus, they don't even know the limit. So, right, they need quarterbacks for a lot of reasons. One, they don't know how good the two quarterbacks they have are. Yeah. Two, even if they are both really good, you don't know that Kyle Shannon can keep either one healthy for more than a game or two at a time. You really don't. So you got to bring in more guys. And that's, to me, they have a dilemma here. Are, are they going to sign some? Why did they sign Josh Johnson? Because he knows their system. Are you going to sign someone like Nate Sudfeld or CJ Beathard or Nick Mullins or Josh Johnson because he knows your system and you don't have to teach him anything? Or are you going to sign the best quarterback available in your budget who may not know your system? Because there are guys who are really talented in their 20s, still out there, that the Niners could sign. Marcus Mariota was the second pick in the draft. Jameis Winston was the first pick in the draft. These are guys who have never played on teams as good as the 49ers. They haven't had defenses like this or run games like this or weapons like this or or coach like Kyle. Bring in someone, take a swing. Bring in someone like that and let them compete with the last pick in the draft and Trey Lance. Uh, See what happens. I mean, all three might play at some point anyway. How about Derek Carr? 
Well, yeah, he'd be kind of expensive, but yeah, absolutely. Why not? If it's, there are a lot of options. Iggy. I, I got to say something's going to piss you off. I'm going to say something's going to piss you off, but how about Lamar Jackson? I mean, look at Jalen Hurts. Look at Jalen Hurts. You got to okay. go through that. I prefer Jalen Hurts as a quarterback to Lamar Jackson. Let me just say why. Jalen Hurts is, can really pass. He's a passing quarterback who's a very good runner. To me, Lamar is a very good runner who sometimes passes. Every pass is an adventure. And that troubles Fair. me. That troubles I think me. I, I like Lamar better. I think he's a better passer than he gets credit for. And to me, I'd love to see him not in a Greg Roman offense. He's been playing for Greg Roman forever. I would yeah. love to see. Because there's no wide receivers. It's just a running back tight end passing game. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's won an MVP. He's been a Pro Bowl. He's better than what the Niners have, but he's very expensive. Who do you think's better, Derek Carr or Lamar Jackson? Boy, that's hard. Uh, I'd have to say Lamar Jackson. Too. And you put Lamar on this team with Christian McCaffrey, they just run you to death. It'd be interesting. But they're not going to do that because Kyle's content. I'm sorry. He is content. He is he's content. content. He's content. It's Those interesting, Iggy. Yeah. It's interesting. Let's keep this thematic. Yeah. I agree with you that he's content. He is more discerning with hiring coaches yeah. than he is with getting quarterbacks and more demanding. Agree. I absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I bet if, if he's watching this show and he was watching this and, and he had his own list of the Niners' biggest needs, they'd be totally different. He'd be like, what are you talking about? We're set at quarterback. We have Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. They're both great. I bet he would say, like, I don't know, um, running back cornerback and defensive tackle. I bet that's what he would say. Something different. Little stuff. Do you think he watches Kicker. our show? Every day. I think he's in Cabo right now watching our show. I with his friends. So. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza Diaper says, I thought they were the Texas Texans as a kid. How old are you? I've only been there for 20 years. Gary Be Good, $5. Thank you, Gary Be Good. Anoop says, Niners need... Uh, center, right guard, right tackle. Still, two more backup tight ends. It's been that way for a while. SoCal 49ers says, in this era, an unstoppable offense with a defense able to make stops here and there wins championships. Doesn't need to be the best defense in the league. No, you need to have an elite offense to win the Super Bowl. You I'm need to have an elite to, offense. I'm coming to believe that. You have to have a good defense, good defense, but you have to have it the best offense. And the Chiefs have it. Chris Telerico says, it's, it's telling that the team is complaining about being robbed of, of the opportunity to compete in the NFC Championship game. First need is a new culture. Making the Super Bowl isn't the goal. Winning it is. Shani and team are nowhere near there. Complacency yes. culture. Hold on. Saying that they didn't have a chance to compete because their quarterback got hurt is making an excuse. Yes. Yeah. You know what? Do you think the rest of the league really cared about their excuse? You got your ass kicked. What are you going to do about it? That's yeah, what, what they is, think. The what is 31 your, teams. You got your ass kicked. What are you going to do about it? Don't, don't look for us for sympathy. Tell it to someone who gives a shit, right? Isn't that what your uh, coach friend would say? That's what my, yeah, my friend would say that. Tell it to someone who gives a shit. Manny Fresh says, why doesn't Kyle think he needs a great quarterback? Because Kyle's the star. Maybe Kyle does think he needs a great quarterback and he just can't find him. Maybe, that, maybe that's the case. Yeah, he's the uh, Don Nelson of the NFL. He, Don said, if, if I had a center, I would have been, uh, you know, won a, a lot of championships. Get a center, Don. Get a quarterback, Kyle. Yeah, seriously, I, you didn't want Patrick Mahomes. Well, why? You could have had him. 2.0 no, says... You, Tatch, Patrick Mahomes sucks. That's why he didn't. Sucks. He knew that. That's right. He sucks. He knew. 2.0 says, do you think there's truth in Trey not being as good with his legs, arm as they hoped? If so, wouldn't it make sense to try to pawn him off now? Well, I, I don't know what they were expecting. It does seem like they expected he would be faster and a better runner. Well, then how did you scout him? What was your process? How do you get that wrong? You can time... Runners? What? I don't understand that one. But as a passer, I think he's exactly what you thought. It's raw. But here's the thing. Don't blame Trey Lance. Blame their process. Trey Lance didn't do anything wrong. No. He just showed up and got drafted. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So at the end of the season, there's that press conference that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch did. And John Lynch is the face of the organization, the voice of it. And he always wants to say things that make the fan base happy. He wants to make, you know, lay out the mission statement for the off season. And in this one, he said this year, our job now is to find a way to get better. 
There's challenges to that, but that's what we'll do. And it's kind of one of those throwaway sentences. You always want to get better, but I want to hold them to it because a lot of times I feel like the Niners say they try to get better, but really just want to stay the same and prove that they're already the best. So I would like to help John Lynch out and offer some suggestions of ways that the Niners can get better as an organization, not just as a roster, not just a player here or there, but an entire organizational improvement. So my first thing that I would suggest is that they need to scrap their uh, process of starting the season slow. It seems like they, what they do is kind of coast through the offseason, go real light in training camp, real light in preseason, just get the team to, the, to week one healthy. And then they treat the first four to six weeks of the season as preseason and lose games to teams that they absolutely should not lose to and essentially give away the number one seed in September. If you're really on a quest for six, you, that quest starts now. It doesn't start in October. You can't turn it on in mid-October. It starts in training camp. And you have to be like the most driven team the entire, the entire way. So that's part of it right there. And you got to find a way to stay healthy while doing that. I agree. Um, the reason they ended up on the road in Philly was because of what happened early in the season. In Those Chicago and Denver. Too. Those yeah. games count too. Yeah. Yeah, they lost to three teams that didn't make the playoffs before Tell November. Me, which ones? They lost week one to Chicago. They lost week three to Denver. And then they lost, what was it, week six, I think, to Atlanta. And Iggy, before Atlanta, hadn't they stayed away from home? Didn't they practice somewhere else? In freaking West Virginia, just so they were really focused and ready for Atlanta. And they lost. And Atlanta sucks. Yeah, they're rebuilding. Yeah. Yes. So those games count. And when you give up those three games, it's like a 100-yard dash and you're starting from 120 yards back. Yeah. So that would be one right there. I almost feel like the Niners think that that's what they do. You know, it's okay. Let's just get our team to week one healthy and then we'll figure it out from there. We'll find our identity. No, don't do that. You you gotta hit the ground running. Otherwise, you're not gonna make the Super Bowl. You don't wanna go back to Philly for the NFC Championship game. The other thing is this quarterback uh, issue. All these quarterbacks getting hurt. I asked John Lynch at this press conference, like, are you going to look into it and try to find ways to make this less of an issue? Or is it just a fluke? And he basically said, it's nothing we can do. The Niners are no worse at keeping quarterbacks healthy than any other team. And that really it's on the quarterbacks to prove that they can stay healthy. That can't be their attitude. They have to actually be honest that there's something they can do to fix this or make it less of an issue. And that's got to be one right there. It's a big offseason goal for them. And I would, uh, I love it what you're saying. And I would try to phrase it another way. The way Kyle and John are phrasing it is these are all happenstance, they're accidents. I'm saying there's a pattern, and you're saying there's a pattern, and they need to investigate the pattern. Otherwise, they're going to live in this purgatory forever. Right. And in football, there's always lots of, lots of variables. I'm not saying it's one thing, but how about the fact that historically you haven't invested that much in your offensive line? That's one thing you can do. Put more into your offensive line. Another thing is you got to admit that Kyle Shanahan, every step of the way in his career, has got quarterbacks injured from RG3 to Brock Purdy. Maybe there's something schematically that he can do to adjust. Like, you don't have to put five eligible receivers into the pattern every single time. Sometimes you can have extra blockers. Extra blockers. It's a concept. Okay. But people won't call you genius when you do that. I have a question for you. First of all, I totally agree with what you're saying. Do you think Kyle is capable of changing? No. 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 I think that's his tragic flaw. He can't change. And he's condemned to making these mistakes over and over again. And And that's why we said what we said about him. (laughs) Yeah. That's why we want to trade him or cut him or fire him. Yeah. I think what I said is I'd fire his ass. You'd fire his ass. I would. Yep. Eddie would. Eddie would. It's true. (laughs) And he wouldn't have waited this long. No. Those are two big ones. I feel like if the Niners do those two things this offseason, find a way to start fast and actually address this quarterback issue and how to keep him healthy, man, the sky's the limit for this team. If they just do those two things and nothing else. I got another one. Sure. I think there should be a senior advisor on the team that Kyle actually respects. And when he calls a play, like that play with that poor tight end blocking that got the quarterback really injured, 
I think on the headset, the advisors should say, do you want to rethink that, Kyle, before, before we actually implement it? I think there should be a wise old head who has the uh, gravitas to say no. Do, look, I agree there should be. Do you think there is a person in the world who exists, who's available, who Kyle Shanahan's ego would listen to? No. Maybe Bill no. Belichick. Maybe if it was Bill Belichick himself, Kyle would listen to him. Or he might argue, other than Bill Belichick, I just don't know who. It, I think Kyle would tell his dad he's wrong. No, Mike. No, dad. <laughs> no, dad. No, dad. No, dad. I got this Sit one. in a recliner. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that that person exists in the world. I think Kyle is, I mean, his ego is beyond. Yeah. You know what? Unfortunately, I have to agree with you. Yeah. Probably if Bill Walsh were there, as, as a consultant, he'd say, Bill, you know, it's passed you by. I mean, Bill Walsh essentially, in a sense, is there. He left his entire uh, installation library at, with the 49ers on tape, and Kyle publicly said he didn't, wa didn't watch it, and he was, like, he's, laughing about it. Yeah, he's like, why would I watch that? Are you kidding? Like, I mean, yeah, I might watch it just like the, the novelty of how old it is, but uh, no, I'm not going to. Like, it's totally useless. That's how he, that's what he said. He really, he really said he really that. Said that. Yeah, he really said that. I'd like to point something out about Bill Walsh. Uh -huh. You know, Iggy, he never lost a Super Bowl or a bowl game in college. He ah. never lost. Interesting. He never lost a bowl game, never lost a Super Bowl. Interesting. I might want to look at his installations. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I know that um, sometimes Harbaugh, when he was uh, the coach, he would go uh, talk to Bill about offense. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I know Kyle's a genius and all, but what what kind of genius wouldn't do that? Right, right. Anyway, looking through these, uh, Gammon Brown says, "Evening, emailed pre-request months ago for my copy of Lowell's Tell All book autographed. Also, I donated a hundred plus, and you said we could get a burger sometime. Haha, <laughs> not angry, just a reminder. But, sorry, Gammon. Hold on, let me look. Oh, that's not me. I'm Hold on, let sorry. Me look, 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 look. Sorry, I got you. Hold on. Gammon Brown. I don't I don't have an email from you. I'm yeah, sorry. Hold, let's let's do it. What? Okay, hold on. Is Gammon saying that he sent me a book and I didn't mail it back? No, I guess not. What is he saying? I'm not sure. But Gammon, Maybe email Gammon, me. Yeah. Maybe or email me. I want to tell you a good one to get. It's L-A Cohn, L-A-C-O-H-N at AOL.com. Gammon, write me to me and we'll work it out. Yeah, Gammon's better. My dad's better than me. Tristan says, Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, Jalen Moore for Tristan Wirfs and Vita Vea. Vita Vea, you avoid paying Bosa a huge contract and you give up on Kinlaw and replace him. Wow. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But I see what you're saying. I don't think anyone wants to. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Niners are going to keep Nick Bosa. Oh, I think they're going to keep Nick Bosa. I think shunned if they don't. Corey Soto says, faithful are so desperate for a quarterback, they settle and over-glorify. They did it with Smith, Cap, JG, even with Mullins for a minute, and now Purdy. There's some truth to that. Uh, yeah. There's some truth to that. They really want Steve Young so bad that, you know, half a season will make them feel like they, they, they got it. Gammon Brown says, since you all have degrees in English, you should include a college-level big boy word, sesquipedalian, as a word of the day inside your segment. That's, I don't even know what that means. It means seven feet. Whew. It's seven. It means seven feet, and uh, sometimes it would be like someone in their seventies. Oh. Tell tell me if I'm right. I bet you are. What about Jay Gruden? Oh, oh yeah. please, Jay Gruden. I don't Give think. Me a break. About John Gruden. What's he doing these days? What happened to John? He's suing the league. He was coaching the team. Chris Tlerico says we're back to where we always end up with this team. Kyle's not the guy. Trade the entire Cabo. Let's talk about the. Dad, do you want to talk about the Cabo crew? I think we should talk about the Cabo crew. Why don't you give the, the background on that? So Kyle Shanahan, right now, or this weekend, is in Cabo with his crew. And his crew is George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, and Christian McCaffrey. It's like the Brady Bunch. It's the Kyle Bunch. And they're down there in Cabo having a great time. Isn't that great, Dad? Isn't it wonderful? What do you think? Well, okay. Um, I think it's nice every once in a while to socialize w 
when I was a teacher, at the end of every semester, I always had a party at my house. You know that. And it was what we learned at Stanford. You, you, you work hard during the quarter of the semester, and then you celebrate for one evening. But to, I never went to Cabo with my students because there's a line. Yeah. I was the professor, and mm-hmm. they were students. And, and you're not pals with yeah. them. So I don't, on the face of it, approve of what Kyle's doing, but I'm going to go a little further. It feels to me immature, Iggy, that mm-hmm. he wants to be one of the guys. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I think he wishes he were an athlete, and he lo- he looks for the validation of the top athletes on the team, and the fact that he's included with them is like probably makes his, his day, that he's one I of them. I think so. Yeah. And I think, do they play video games together? They're younger than him, and it, this, these are the people he aspires to be friends with, like yeah. people I'm he coaches, uh, his, play- his players. Maybe, Maybe yeah. they play video games together. Yeah. I, I I don't know what they do. I don't know. They they watch Disney movies. I I, I don't know what they do. But I don't know. also, where's Fred Warner on that list? Yeah. Where's Nick Bosa? Where's Nick Bosa on that list? Where's Jimmy Ward? Where's Traverius Ward? Where's Traverius yeah. Ward? Where's yeah. Dre Greenlaw? Where's Eric yeah. Armstead? Where's anyone on defense? So he so he went he had a, a trip and he invited. This, this, the five highest paid players on offense, the rich guy, the good players on offense, no one on defense, no one on their first contract, no Ayuk? Where's Ayuk? Hey, Can't afford how it? No, how about no coaches? No coaches? Yeah, that's right. Where's and Brian wanna, Greasy? And I want to say something else. Take CMC out of the list because he wasn't there. But as far as I'm concerned, the other ones th- who were down there with him didn't approve of Trey Lance as being the quarterback. Trent Williams wouldn't even offer him his hand. Yeah. He was down. Kyle Ustrick was talking about return to 49er football when Jimmy got back. Yeah. So these are the guys, Iggy, yeah. who are a problem in the, in the locker room who seem to have an undue influence over Kyle on, on who's the quarterback, how to treat the quarterback, and he's reinforcing that crummy behavior? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's, he's enabling these people to sort of run the team and to veto his decisions. And then, so he, let's say next year, for example, he makes a decision. The, the right decision for the team is got to cut Kyle Juszczyk. You know, Kyle Juszczyk next year in 2024, he'll be 33 years old and he will be due to cost the 49ers almost $8 million against the cap. And if they cut him, they save $5 million. Maybe the right move to be, will be at that point will be, you know what? We just can't spend $8 million on a fullback anymore. Thank you, Kyle Juszczyk. You're getting a little bit old. But if he's in the Cabo crew, are you going to cut him? He's coming with, he comes to Cabo with you. You're, you're friends with his wife. Yeah, the wife. You can't do that. You're friends with yeah. his freaking wife. No, you can't do that. Nope. To the, to the best of my knowledge, George Seifert and Bill Walsh never were friendly with the players except after they retired, and then it was right. a whole other thing. But Bill, uh, as far I mean, I looked at him for a lot of years, and George, they were distant. They were not... <laughs> they weren't In fact, here's the other thing. Those players don't deserve to go to Cabo because they didn't win the Super Bowl. They should not be rewarded for losing the goddamn Super Bowl. You want to go to Cabo? Go on your own. Yeah, go on your own. You want to go to Cabo with me? Win own. the Super Bowl. Win the Super Bowl. That's, then we'll do it. When you want to go to Cabo with me? Win the Super Bowl, and then I'll take the whole goddamn team. Right. That's it. That's the the message, don't you think, Iggy? Go to the Cabo. Message. Yeah. Maybe they should have gone to Petaluma. <laughs> they could have gone wine tasting in Petaluma. They could have gone to. Uh, they could have gone to Santa Cruz. They could have gone to Capitola. Capitola is cute. It's charming. But no, they I think could have gone on the roller coaster at Santa that's true. Cruz. The giant di- no, the giant on- dipper. The yeah, dipper. The dipper. <laughs> yeah, they could have. <laughs> no, that's you true. don't go. To, they didn't earn to go with the coach. They lost. <laughs> freaking lost. They freaking lost. You don't get to go to Cabo. You get you can go on the giant dipper. Did you know that um when they went to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, I probably told you this. They had scheduled a par- to have a party afterward with Lil Wayne, who's a very famous rapper. And um, I guess he's like friends with Kyle Shanahan. So they lost the Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl. 
they partied with him any they were like let's do it let's you know what let's go party with little wayne and now all their families were there and they're it's like i'm sorry what is the purpose of this what are you guys celebrating right now is a consolation party wow Ooh. i don't like it i don't get that you yeah. think vince lombardi if the packers lost the super bowl would have said let's go party with little wayne I don't think so. I know. So Kyle does all, it makes all these faux pas as a coach and people still say he's great. It's like, what are you talking about? I mean, he has helped put together a good team without a quarterback and he has all the, he makes all these mistakes with his culture. Why hasn't Trey Lance gotten a chance? Because of this stuff. Maybe if Trey Lance were invited to, the, to Cabo, he'd be given a chance to play. I don't know. No quarterbacks there though. No. No. No quarterbacks and, there. Well, so I wonder, like, what's a day like in Cabo with those guys? Let, let's try to figure it out. You figure they sleep in, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Maybe they get up around 9 o'clock. Yeah. And they go out on the deck. There's a deck somewhere, right? And they yeah. have coffee and eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Bagels. <laughs> right? Okay, what do they do? Now it's 11 o'clock. What do they do? The well, guys go talk- play golf. The, the guys go play golf. You would think golf, little golf. Right, there's yeah. got to be golf. Golf. And, and what do the women do? I don't know what they do. Maybe they play golf too. Maybe it's all golf. It could be golf. It could be shopping involved. You know, Maybe, there's, maybe they have brunch some- together. Maybe they could do a brunch at the resort, then do golf, then come back, hang out on the beach, throw a football around. Hey, they're football players. <laughs> and then you take a nap, right? Oh, nap. Got to have a nap. Because the, 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 the sun drains you. It's draining. Okay. You know? So yeah. now you have a nap. Yeah. And then they meet for cocktails, right? Margaritas, baby. <laughs> margaritas. Yes. And they're all around there having margaritas. Do yeah. they talk about football? No, probably not. Or do no, they, they probably talk about literature, the short stories they read the <laughs> night before, you know, the big questions in life. Why are we here? Where are we going? What is this about? Yeah, those things. What do I do to be a good person? What do I do to be a good person? Yeah. Yeah. Those are the questions. Yeah. No, they just celebrate s- the Super Bowl. They didn't win. We got robbed. We got. We were robbed. the best team in the league. Here's to us, the best Here's team in the league, unofficially, hands uh, down. And what? And and then they they have then they have dinner, right? right. Probably a lot of seafood. They probably have a lot of seafood because yeah. you know they're by the ocean. They have seafood. Right. Yeah. Uh, great fish and probably prawns. A lot of prawns and and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of probably each, steak with, with with the lobster on top. You know, the surf and turf. Surf and turf. Players love surf and turf. Surf and turf. So here's my question. Uh-huh. With that meal, do they have wine or beer? That's interesting. I don't think who would be sophisticated enough to drink wine on the 49ers? Not Kittle. Um maybe Trent Williams. I can see Trent Williams drinking some wine because he's 35. But yeah. you know, LeBron's a big LeBron James is a big wine drinker. But I don't see any LeBron James wine drinkers on the night. I'm think, I'm thinking Kyle's a beer drinker, Kittle's a beer drinker, use check. Oh, because he went to, to, to Harvard? Maybe, just because he wants to and be sophisticated. CMC, I don't know. I'll tell you right now, CMC does not drink uh, wine. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. about Debo? I, I don't think so. I'm telling maybe. you, that's that's a beer group. Beer group? That's a beer group. Beer group. Beer group. I can see that. Now, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, beer, right? Yeah. Maybe some be- belching. Belching. I like beer. I like cerveza. I like Mexican beer. It's nice. I like so, well, they're going to be in Mexico. With a little, with a little lime. You're a little lime and it's yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you get that. And then they yeah. probably go to bed around 11 o'clock. And then, you know, they stay up reading in bed. Yeah. And then, then they get started again at 9 in the morning. At what point does Kyle Shanahan start making all the players watch him throw the football at targets? Hey, I bet I could hit that thing. Hey, I bet I, hit, oh, I, bet I could hit that thing. And the players the have to be like, step. oh, yeah, go ahead. How, how much of it is the players pretending to be Kyle Shanahan's friend? Hey, you know, if you want to get paid, you want to get the ball, you got to go to Cabo and be his friend. How much is that? Or do they genuinely love love each other? I would say uh, probably the first because, after all, he is the boss. He's the boss. So he's the boss where you have to, like, go and, like, laugh at his stupid jokes. (laughs) That was so funny. (laughs) Kyle is so funny. Did you hear what he said? Say it again, Kyle. Say it again, Kyle. He's so great. I think there's some of that, yes. And so the fact that Kyle Juszczyk's been on the team for six years and never gets the ball makes me feel like he is great at that stuff. Uh, at the at the schmoozer. At the he's schmoozer. a good player, but they don't use him. So why is he here making all this money? Because he must love Kyle Shanahan's jokes is what I'm thinking. 
Okay. Cameron so, okay, Brown says, anyway. Sesquipedalian, having many syllables can also be used to describe someone or something that overuses big words. At Lowell, I did not email you a copy of a book yet. P.O. Box eventually. Thank you. But wait a minute. Sesquipedalian means seven feet. Pedalian, pedal. It means seven feet. How about that, Gammon? Yeah. And if you want to have a, a, a hot a hamburger with me, I, I would do that. We could go to Sparky's. Cabo Crew, where is the quarterback? They don't have one. Yeah, that's what we said. Not, they, not they, invited. They, you have to make at least $10 million, at least $8 million. No? No? I don't know what it is. They so should have invited Jimmy. They should have invited Jimmy. It's true. I probably wouldn't go. <laughs> SoCal 49ers says from a military standpoint, it would have been fine if the whole team had a trip together. But the fact that it's just a few guys is wrong. I agree. If I were Brandon Ayuk, it's like, hold on. Why can't I go? I want to go. Am I not part of the team? Teach his pet. Teach his pet. (laughs) Jared says, I uh, love hearing you guys speak the brutal truth. Kyle Sandin is very easily influenced. Where's the line between friend coach? I would love to see Kyle replaced. Me too. Me too. East Dad says, Grant, you two men are some of the most tell-it-like-it-is people in sports. I commend you, and I hope that you keep telling it like it is. Go Niners. Thank you. Thank you. We try. I got it from my dad. Papa Cone is right. What are they celebrating? Yeah. (laughs) Life. Deep sea fishing. You've done that. I have done deep sea fishing. It almost killed me, but I did it. Grant, don't ever take a vacation. You haven't won. (laughs) <laughs> I worked on my I worked on my vacation. I worked every day on my vacation. Yeah, he didn't even take me. So I he's, even take, he's serious. He didn't even take me. Corey Soto says, Kittle, good throw, Kyle. You're better than Lance, but you're no Jimmy. <laughs> RSR, Remilia Sports Report says, poor Cabo boat gang forced to go with Kyle, LOL. Oh, oh, oh. Kyle has gotten those guys a lot of money, though. I'm sure they like Kyle. Yeah. Okay. This is not a Niners topic, but it's Niners related. D'Amico Ryans was with the Niners the last few seasons, their d- defensive coordinator. Now he's the head coach of the Houston Texans, and he took Bobby Slowick, the Niners pass game coordinator, with him. Why do you think D'Amico won't do well in Houston? Oh, I don't think he'll do well. Um, okay. Uh, he's supposed to be a good guy. He has very good press. I don't know him. Mm-hmm. So I don't have an opinion one way or another, although there's something that troubles me that I'll get to in a minute. The criticism I'm going to make of Ryan's is the same criticism I'll make of Salah. Both of them are excellent defensive coordinators. I don't think anyone doubts that. And I admire them for what they do. Salah, in addition, is I know is a nice man because when mom died, he contacted you. Mm-hmm. And no coaches on the Niners did. He did from New Jersey. And that goes a long, long way with me. It's true. So that's a that's a big deal. Um, in each case, they took an offensive coordinator, as their offensive coordinator, some non-entity from the 49ers co- uh, coaching staff. Who had never called Salah, a play. Who had never called a play. Salah took the younger, what's his name, LaFleur? Michael Floor. yeah. I mean, who the hell is he? And he just fired him because he, he wasn't that good. And then he hired Hackett, who's a demonstrable failure. And mm-hmm. then D'Amico hires Slowick, who is a non-entity and has never called a play. Yeah. And who knows how he'll do as mm-hmm. an, a coordinator. He may be as bad as Mike LaFleur. So Iggy and I have different answers to why each of them grabbed on – to a former 49er non-entity and held on for dear life. I'm going to give my interpretation first. I think Iggy's may be more powerful, but let, since I'm talking, Iggy, is that okay? My feeling about Salah and Ryan's is all they are is defensive coordinators. They don't have the large scale, the large television screen that lets them know, that that lets us know they're connected in the league. Mm -hmm. In fact, they were only connected on the 49ers. They weren't Mm -hmm. like someone like John Lynch who knows someone everywhere. There are certain 
Belichick knows people everywhere and can get coaches. These guys don't know anyone, so they are doomed to get non-entities from the 49ers because it's the best they can do, and that is going to hurt. It's already hurt Salah. I mean, look at his offense is a mess. It's already hurt him, and I'm telling you, Iggy, it may doom Ryan's in Houston. What do you think? I totally agree with you. I mean, they they're not connected. They're not that connected. They they know Kyle Shanahan is well. Kyle Shanahan has a tree. He has a tree of coaches, and they're pulling Sala and D'Amico are pulling from them. But it's limited, and they can't go outside the tree. Nathaniel Hackett worked for Matt Lafleur, who is a friend of uh, Robert Sala. They can't go outside the tree, and they're afraid to. It's like you could maybe you're a head coach. You could interview whoever the hell you want, and possibly interview hire someone you don't know because you've determined from the interview that he's the best man for the job but are you insecure about it are you scared about working with someone you don't know a lot of times coaches really only want to work with people they know very well because they're afraid the other coach is going to try to i don't know like work against them or they can't trust them or whatever reason and i think that that speaks to an insecurity you got to be able to bring in the best guys for the job not just the best guys you know and the other thing, Iggy, and this is a point you made earlier today when we were on the phone, the only offensive system they know is Kyle's. So they only want people to come in, and these are weak carbon copies of Kyle, right. and run Kyle's offense as opposed to a really original thinking, dynamic man who can say, you know what, I'm not going to run Kyle's offense. We're the Houston Texans. I'm going to run this goddamn offense, and it's going to be better for our team. And I don't think Ryan's has the antennae or the knowledge to pick that up. Also, Kyle has limitations, but he is creative, and his offense changes every year. Uh, so if you're bringing in Bobby Slowick this year, you're just getting a carbon copy of last year's Kyle Shanahan offense. So he evolves. You don't. You're not even as good at what he used to be doing. You're trying to recreate what he used to do, and he's on to the next thing. And all the I defensive coaches have figured out what he used to do. So that's why Mike LaFleur failed immediately. And that's why I think Bobby Slowick will fail too. You're just bringing in a scheme. You're not really bringing in a coach with any experience or, or ideas. Cha- ideas, anything. Anything. And that's why I think Ryan's is going to fail in mm-hmm. Houston. And I want to say something else about him that was very disappointing. Um, in Houston, they had a very good offensive coordinator, George Warhop. Offensive line coach. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guy. I'm, I'm a mm-hmm. little worked up now. Mm-hmm. Offensive line coach. Um, he's one of the best in the league. And he's uh, an African-American man. Iggy, you may know this better than I. Um, As far as I understand it, well, first of all, the black offensive line coach in the league, George? I think there might be one or two more, but for a long time, he was the only one. Okay, so he's a rarity. Yes. Okay, so the way I understood it, and if please correct me if I'm wrong, when Ryan's took over, he spoke to George Warhop, black man to black man, and indicated he might be keeping him on the staff. Yep. As a result, George did not look for other jobs. If I'm right. stating this wrong, please correct me, Iggy. Then after a two-week period, Ryan's called him up and said he was going in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Well, so what he did was he didn't give him the job and he blocked George from getting another job. Mm-hmm. George is 63. It might have ended his career. And the point is, George is really good. He's Everyone knows he's one of the best offensive, I'm sorry, offensive line coaches in the league. In addition, you t- now I don't know who he hired as an offensive line uh, coach. Maybe he's a black guy. I, I don't know who he hired. But here is one black guy. They're always talking about we need black coaches, right? We need a support. Black coaches need a support. The whole league needs to. But here is a black coach who can do something good for a quality black coach. Mm-hmm. Not only didn't he take him, he screwed him. And I got to tell you, I have always heard that Ryan's is a good guy. This is not a good look. This is not the way a gentleman acts. And 
D'Amico, if I have the facts wrong, I certainly apologize. Please get in touch with me, and I will retract uh, if I got it wrong. But I think Iggy and I have a pretty good source on this. I mean, D'Amico could have called Joe Staley. George Warhop used to be the offensive line coach here. Joe Staley knows him. Joe Staley could have vouched for him. He could have called Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas was just inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, this year. He was with the Browns. Warhop called. Warhop coached him. From what I understand, D'Amico didn't call Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas was eager to speak on Warhop's behalf and explain how instrumental he was in Joe Thomas's development, but D'Amico didn't do that. It was very bad, very bad. And it's not just that he screwed over someone. It's like he was backhanded about it, you know? He's backhanded about backhanded. it. Backhanded. Not courageous. No. If you don't no. want him, tell him. Let yep. Give him a chance. Free him up. Um, so I wanna, I'm want i going to make a more general statement now. I know a lot of football coaches. I mean, I know a lot of football coaches, former and former, very few current. And there's a lot of bullshit in football about we want men of character. We, have, we develop character. That's a lot of bullshit. That's just uh, public relations. Um, football coaches are as flawed as everyone else. And if these stories about D'Amico are correct, and again, D'Amico, if I'm wrong, please correct me. It's disappointing if it's true, and it doesn't speak well of his character. He may be a nice man, and I assume he is a nice man, but there's a difference between being nice and being a stand-up guy. And in this case, if I'm correct, I apologize if I'm wrong, but if I'm correct, he wasn't a stand-up guy. And you know what? It's more important to be someone you can trust who's who has backbone than to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand what he did there, but why would you if you're gonna fire a guy, do it immediately so we can get another job. Why would you do that? Yeah. Why yeah. would you do that? And Iggy, now who he hired, is it a, a man of color? I don't know. Uh no. It's a white guy. Well, you know, usually I don't like to talk about race, but I don't know. Maybe in this case he could have he could have looked out for for George Warhop, or he could have done due diligence. I think it's very disappointing because it's not only that he fired George; it's like he ended. It's like he ended his career. Like he fired him at the end of the coaching cycle. Like why would you? You could have fired him two, three weeks ago, man. Why'd you do that? Why would yeah. you do that? Yeah. yeah, it's a bad move. And what you do is it's a very cruel business. But when new coaches come in, if they don't want people from the former staff, they let them go right away, and it's an act of kindness right. because then they can apply for another job. There's only so many of them, and they're going. Yeah. They're going right now. Anyway, yeah. That was, to me, again, like, you get this job at 38 as a head coach, and the first thing you do is start screwing people over. Like, I don't know. And the best you can bring in is Bobby Slowick. Yeah, I'm not betting on you. I'm not I don't know. On you. I'm not I'm betting, not betting, on, betting you. on you. Those two moves are not impressive. No. And then the, the big one is just hiring defensive coaches in, at all. Like, why are you doing that? Again, it's an offensive league. And the defensive coach, he could be the greatest leader, the greatest defensive tactician it's an offensive league. Even Bill Belichick, you took Tom Brady away from him. What the hell is he doing in New England these days? Right. Not much. So right. I, I just don't understand why you're, why you're hiring these defensive coaches as head coaches. They're always going to be only as good as their offensive coordinator, and they're not going to have good offensive coordinators. And if they do, for whatever reason, that guy will be a head coach in a year or two. So, Yeah, in fact, I told you what Bill Walsh said about guys like that. He said they're at the mercy of their coordinators, and I never want to be like that. Yeah, if you think about it, the most important coach on the Texans is Bobby Slowick. The success of that franchise is, is dependent on Bobby Slowick more than it is D'Amico. So, good luck. The thing is, D'Amico does have a six-year contract, so maybe he'll be able to get a second offensive coordinator when he fires the first, like Sal. <laughs> they gave him a six-year contract? Yeah, they gave him a six-year contract. God love him. I don't know how he got that. He was a coordinator for two years. Two! And he had Dick Bosa. I'm sorry. I feel like Steve Wilkes going to do a great job too, but we'll see. I, don't know. I think Steve Wilkes will do a good job. He's going to do I a great really job. I really respect him as a defensive coordinator. He might um, do better. Yeah. Six-year contract? Six-year contract. For D'Amico Ryans? Yeah. Iggy, I'd give him a two-year contract with a third-year option. Let's see what you got. I wouldn't have hired him. He's a defensive coach. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's defense. They don't let you play it in the NFL anymore. There are rules against it. 
You can't touch the quarterback. You can't hold the wide receivers at all. Why, what are you talking about? No. Chris Delerico says, I would love for there to be tape of Vince Lombardi saying he wanted a party with Lil Wayne. And until Kyle can accept losses, this team will always have an excuse to be mediocre. I'm with you. Chris is on fire. 2.0 says there's videos out there riding dune buggies and having nice dinners. I think other players around the league would probably think it's cool. I don't care what other players think. I don't care what other players think. I'm not asking their opinion. I'm giving my opinion. I'm a grown-up. I'm giving my opinion. I don't care what they think. I don't what? care what they think about really about football, about religion, <laughs> about politics, about literature. They're just young men. I don't care what they think. I'm sure they want to ride dune buggies with Kyle Shanahan. It's the wrong thing to do, and there needs to be an adult in that goddamn room. Also, don't you think other players on the team wanted to ride dune buggies but weren't invited? What the hell is that? <laughs> you don't think Brandon Ayuk likes dune buggies? He's a dune buggier. Trey Lance likes dune buggies and nice dinners. What the hell? <laughs> Would Steve Young come and coach, says Benny? No, because he makes no. more money doing less. Media's yeah. a much better job than coaching. John Gruden, for a long time. Worst decision he ever made to come back to coach. I'm just saying. Anyway, Dad, this was a good show. What do you think? Well, I got a little worked up at the end, and I, uh, and again, D'Amico, if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Please let me know. L.A. Cone at AOL.com. You can get me, yeah. and, I, and, and we'll talk. Yeah. Okay, guys. Iggy, I love you. I love you too, Dad. This is what you, you're on fire today. Good stuff. And Fuego. And Fuego. I'll call you. Okay. All right. See you guys later.